Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Practical Guitarist Podcast is brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices a practical guitarist will love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Practical Guitarist, or on Twitter as at Practical Guitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com. And donate to us via Patreon, available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. All right. <laughs> I'm David. I am Jim. This is Max. This is Terry. Zach Ballard here. <laughs> This is a little Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, Ozzy. It's an age, and we already how messed was, up. How was, Sharon, how was Sharon doing tonight? About 90. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, that wasn't funny. She's, she's been really good to us. Yeah. As, as a and, and oh, yeah, yeah. The real Sharon. Wonderful, man. Just don't get real close to her. <laughs> Sorry, Sharon, because we know you're watching. I hope so. I'm sure she is. All right. So um, tonight we've got the band, the whole band, Little Ozzy. And so we've got Max, uh, Terry, um, Little Ozzy, of course, and Zach, the new drummer. So, Zach, being the new drummer, you're the new guy. I, I got to tell you right now, I would, you could have told me that, and I still wouldn't have been able to tell. I, I mean, I think. Um, what second or so song towards the last um, little Ozzy said, yeah, this is the new guy. And he, and he pointed you out. And I was like, fuck, you were <laughs> dead on like a machine and you were hitting them hard. But I, I've seen a lot of hard hitters, man. You are, you've got some fucking tone there. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. What show did you see? Uh, was it Boathouse? Yeah. Boathouse Live. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That one was a little better. Um, I was, you know, I had one show under my wing, so you're always a little more confident um, after one show. But thank you so much for the compliment, man. I, um, yeah, I was, uh, I, I love playing Aussie songs. It's perfect for my style, and I am a fan, so I feel like I, I fit right in. And it was a, it was a, an easy transition for me, and uh, it's only going to get better. I'm going to keep working and and trying to beat the drums even harder. So. <laughs> but uh thank you for the compliment man i appreciate that very much well you and terry you were you guys were locked in so tightly and, and, and tell me terry you've been doing this for a while i've seen pictures of you with little ozzy going a while back 
Um, oh. So <clears throat> what, how is it working? I mean, you've worked with how many drummers and, and is it hard for you? Cause you're not in the same city even sometimes. Um, well, as far as with me and Zach, uh, fortunate enough, we do live in the same city. Um, the thing about Zach that I do like is, is I love double bass, love double bass. And there was some things before that, you know, was kind of missing and he's bringing it, you know, he brings it. And so to me, it makes it easier to lock in with a drummer. And plus, um, you know, Zach's a pro, you know, I knew when I mentioned, uh, Zach to the guys that he was going to be able to step in and just nail it with no problems. You know, the crazy thing, not to interrupt you, Terry, but uh, I feel like I should tell this story because uh, so I had a gig. We Our first gig was actually Wednesday at Richmond, and I had a gig Tuesday night here in Nashville with a different band that I was committed to, and I couldn't get out of the gig because um, I had already committed to it. And so I literally finished that gig up 2 a.m., drove to meet Terry. Uh, we loaded my drums and his, his little Murano freezing cold and and drove all night and my first gig we literally had no and and there was no rehearsal and um and then you guys caught i guess the second show at the boathouse yeah uh, but hey that's how we do it man that's how we do it you would not have known it not have known it so max um and i'm coming i'm coming to the to the star of the show at last but max, max. I, I gotta say dude max. you were killing it so how long have you been with the band? I've been with the band since February. So you were like 12 when you joined the band. <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. And I had three years on me since I've been <laughs> in the band. That's got to be tough. I mean, how are your parents with that? I mean, you, you, you were out. Um, I, I say you were out late. I mean, my parents didn't care. They, they didn't even like me. But, I mean, <laughs> no, but. Um, you know, you, you're out, you're doing your thing. I mean, you guys didn't end until after midnight and then we were doing all the selfies and that's know. right. How well, is that for you? There are definitely, you know, the most supportive people in my life, you know, they're very supportive and, you know, help any way they can. And, you know, I love it. And contrary to what Turi will tell you, um, <laughs> When we were getting rid of our, you know, old guy, I had seen Zach play opening up for Vince Neil with his old band. And he did a solo and I'm like, oh, God, this is the type of guy we need. And I called Terry up and um, and that's his name. It's not Terry, by the way. It's Terry. Terry yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a Nashville accent. <laughs> and I said, man. This is the guy we need to get as a fill-in. And then it, you know, just kind of escalated. And here we are. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, brother. Man, you guys are killing it. So, little Ozzy, we need you to come a little bit closer to the mic because we could barely hear you there for a second ago. But so you're the, you're the, you're the man. Did you create this band? I mean, was this, were these guys you sought out and you were like, this is going to be my band. Is well, that how it works? Long time, and there's a lot of misconceptions. You know, when you start, what it was was I was a midget kiss band for a while. It wasn't real. It was carry, glorified karaoke. I was the tallest one in the band. So, uh, what happened was, um, I just kind of saw what they did and watched 
Ben and how they did it. I was like, man, everybody kept saying, you sound like Oz, like Oz. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to get a real band. It's not going to be no bullshit. And I, I think it could be huge. And, uh, it, it literally takes, you know, what happens is, you know, you've been playing for years and years. Terry can talk to me. I'm an older guy's and Maxwell as well. Um, you know, you know what you want, but trying to find guys, you can find four musicians. The bass player is a brick, or the drummer is a brick, or the bass player, or the guitar player is a drug addict. But, you know, it never, ever, never seemed to find four guys that are like best friends, that are positive, that are bad ass musicians. And it has, I've come close a few times, but you know what? I get goosebumps when I start talking about Max and Zach. Jerry, because um, it's a dream come true right now. I, I'm so fucking what I can't say, right? So excited about what we're doing and what's going on right now because this is it. This is the lineup, and uh, I mean, I got goose. I almost cried watching soundtrack. Literally, got choked up and had to turn around because I had goosebumps, hair standing on the back of my neck when I just saw Terry on his bass monitor wailing it. Max over there just ripping hair everywhere. Zach's arms, you couldn't even see him, man. And they were playing the ball. Not even oh, a his- and I'm like, oh, man. It's just, this is it. Look out. Because, uh, it, man. I got to tell you, so watching you on stage, you, you, um, uh, I'm going to assume that you're probably one of the closest to the oldest members of the band. You have energy to spare. I mean, I, so many bands are phoning it in and all you, you know, I mean, obviously it's a little Ozzy. You could just say, here I am. Like you said, with little kiss or one of those bands like that. Um, you know, <clears throat> I could see that I, I've seen uh, them before and it was, uh, I, I was kind of let down that they weren't musicians. And um, so when I saw you and I, I, and I listened to you sing and I said, God, man, that, these guys are pulling off and you were incredible. I mean, and you were just like Ozzy when it was Max's and, and Terry's turn to be shining. And even with the drum solos act, you don't see drum solos very often that, that actually are good. It just. Tell me more about that. Tell me, um, you know, how do you get that? How do I get what? I'm sorry. It was cut, breaking up the last year. Yeah, it was breaking up on my end too. How do you yeah. get what? The main question. Jim, you're cutting out again. Yeah, I'm muted there. Oh. <clears throat> um, so no, what I was saying is, you know, during the show, you had so much energy and you really, you really were like personifying Ozzy. And when yeah. it was the time for the other guys to shine, you let right. them shine. Everybody, Everybody got a solo. Everybody. Everybody. I call their names out a hundred times a night. You know, I've always told myself, when I was in Minikiss, man, I was treated very badly. I was ripped off. They were crooks. And, and, and I told uh, God, you let this happen. I'm never going to do this. Guys. Like, you're going to get a, a great cut. And uh, that's just the way it's going to be from day forward. If we increase their, their money goes, you know, so, um, and I'm one that, you know, it's not, it's not about frat. It's all about me. You know, um, somebody came up to me at, at a rally show. The first one in town. And uh, it was an older guy. And he said, man, I just, a second. He said, I just want to give you some uh, props here for, for you. You're taking some of your spotlight and you're giving a child something that he's dreamed about, you know, and he dreams of becoming, and you're sharing that. And you can write him because that's what these hard-headed people don't understand. It's giving, if you, if you want to 
you want this back, you want this to work, you can't be selfish. Give, give your help, and it comes right back to you. And I've always done that, and I believe that's why we're as successful as we are right now. As far as the energy goes, uh, like I have, I have um, PP behind the drums, I have crystal meth to the left side of the stage, well kept away from Max, and a lot of cocaine backstage. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would say I have a hard time sleeping. Um, I've lost 50 pounds since America's got down. And uh, I'm pretty high strong anyway. So, yeah, this time you're older, man. You, you can't be tired. And I must suck down probably 700 milligrams of caffeine before I even get out. So, and we have a blast, man. Yeah. I saw you were drinking water all night, man. Gotcha. You if, you like, if you like caffeine. You might like Death Wish coffee. (laughs) I'm an absolute caffeine freak myself, man. I'm like always coffee, energy drinks. While we're on the subject, my wife, she she introduced me to Death Wish. She got it for me for Christmas, right? So then I got the subscription and I've been drinking it ever since. But she has discovered a coffee that can make you see time. And that is called Biohazard Coffee. And apparently it is the most caffeinated thing that She's ever had. So oh, dude, I, I'm going to order that shit as soon as we hang up here. Death Wish. Yes, the Valhalla Java. Valhalla really, Java. It's, it's good yep. stuff. I've I've uh, I've had it several times. Biohazard is that what you said? Biohazard's the super caffeinated one. That's a super okay. Yeah, and it, apparently it's very bitter too. But I mean, if it's coffee, you're it's going to be bitter, you know. Right, right, right. Cool. I can't Why stand that world. Part <laughs> so fast i'm like all right i'm doing caffeine then i feel like yeah <laughs> max there he is so max you're the, you're you're the uh 15 year old prodigy kind of um guitar playing you know awesome dude as far as uh uh you know the band goes i mean when it, people think of ozzy they think of um, uh, and and you nailed it with the with the Zach Wild stuff, with the Eck uh, Lee stuff, with the uh, obviously the Randy Rhodes stuff, and of course back in the days, Paranoid and stuff with the uh, 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 the Black Sabbath thing. So tell us a little bit more about you know tell us about your your coming up as a musician and and because you're 15. I mean, right. did you start really young? Are you? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, I want to ask you, who is Randy Rhodes? Oh, I'm messing with you. Yeah, I was going to say. You had me there. I was like. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, man. It's, um, you know, I grew up with music in the family. You know, of course, like my, my dad, he played a lot of acoustic. You know, I always see uh, the guitars on the walls and such. And he bought me a guitar when I was like eight. Try to get me to take lessons. I'm just like, nah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And um, they were like, you really need to do it. You really need to do it. And I was like, no. And so I, they kept trying to get me to do it. Finally, they were like, okay, you don't have to do it anymore. And then like a year later, I'm like, wait, I'm going to try this. And I started, um, you know, going to these little like blues open mics. You know, I saw them doing it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it a couple of weeks. And I went and I played a song. And then, you know, I just kept going and going i started hitting other ones and then i joined a uh actually my first band was a local ozzy tribute and you know when i was doing that 
Lynn got a video of them. And that's when, you know, we got hooked up and everything. So that's how you found him, Ozzy, is uh, from a video? Tony Dio, he knows uh, him as a buddy of mine. And uh, he sent me a video. He said, check out this kid in Raleigh playing um, up there playing some Iron Maiden. And I was like, oh, man, rip, man. So I was like, I was his biggest fan, man, at the moment. And uh, Max remembers it more accurate. Max emailed me. Oh, I'm telling man. What'd you say that? Tell him how that went, went about. Tony sent me a video of you playing at the, uh, the Lincoln, the Iron Maiden. And then this was like a week before, uh, I think Max had emailed me. So how did you email me and said you saw me on TV? That's right. I had, um, what had happened was, you know, I was at a, I was at a club and I was playing. I don't remember what I was playing. I was thinking I was playing Bark at the Moon. And, um, yeah. yeah. And I think Tony had sent the video to him and it was weird. It was like fate because like, you know, I was scrolling through my YouTube that day and I saw little Ozzy America's got talent. And I was like, Oh man, I remember this guy. Cause I had seen him. And I was like eight at that point. Yeah. And I, I, I seen him. I'm like, I wonder what this guy's doing now. So I looked him up on Facebook and, you know, I got hooked up with him and I sent him some videos of me playing and stuff. I said, you know, just, I love what you do, man. You know, you sound like Ozzy a lot. And then he messaged uh, Tony Dio and sent me your video. Give me a call. And that's, you know, you know what, Max and guys, listen to this. this is the craziest part. We've had 40 year old guitar players, 45 year old guitar players. Guys did have studied forever. And just to get them to come into an audition, uh, whatever state they're coming from, come in, sit down, and let's go through the set. Pulling teeth. Coming in, they know half of them. I promise I have the next one. This kid walked in with uh, hair everywhere, man. I'm like, oh my God. Like, confidence that would just make you shake. And, uh, all right, let's go from the top. Boom, 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 boom. 90 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, it was like, oh, my God. And this is it, you know? It was just, it was incredible. And, you know, a lot of people say this about him. To talk to him, he is not a 15-year-old. He is a 15-year-old trapped in a 35-year-old man's body because he <laughs> is much, you know, and I'm blowing smoke up his ass. Blowing his head up. No, I can, I can attest to that because when he... When I first joined the band, or, you know, when me and Terry were talking about me coming on board, uh, Max called me, and uh, we we had a little chat, and I was going, I was going, are you sure you're not 30, dude? Are you? <laughs> I'm like, I thought, you know, yeah, very mature, very mature. Well, yeah, no, it's something special about him, man. You know, I mean, he's got, he knows what he wants, and, uh, you know, he just, it reminded me so much of me, because you know, growing up little like this, uh, you know, I got made fun of a lot. I felt when, when music came into my life, it was something that I could do to impress the girl. Something that I could do in front of the school where the big guys would go, damn, he's cool as shit. Because that was my thing. And I had a dream of firing. And I'm 50 years old and uh, it's just starting to happen. But, you know, uh, I'm ready to live another 20 on stage. As long as they have makeup and wig. <laughs> you, should, you should listen to our last interview if you like makeup and wigs. Oh yeah, we did. A, we did an interview with uh, Mrs. Smith. She was awesome. Yeah. So Terry, um, you were there for. I, I imagine you were there for that uh, audition with Max. What was that like? Were you there? Oh, it was cool. Uh, actually, I was there for the 
guy before him. And, and believe me, the trip to Virginia for the audition was a lot more pleasant with, uh, with Max. Cause like I said, I mean, we just basically handed him the show and said, learn it. And we went and played the whole show without really stopping for anything other than, you know, a few little endings here and there, but, um, I mean, it's just, and what I do like about Max is because of his youth and I was his age once I, you know, I used to be able to do a lot of the things he does, but yeah, believe it or not. But, um, (laughs) he, he made, he made us step up our game as far as performing. And, you know, I mean, not that we didn't perform before. Brings you back. It may, it may, I mean, because there's nothing worse than seeing one guy pretty much doing all the moving around, you know, and (laughs) he definitely doesn't stand still. Well, I mean, you see a lot of this is the one thing I've been preaching since the 80s that people listen with their eyes. You know, if you're up there having fun, they'll have fun. You know, if you're just standing there, I mean, hell, I don't want to spend 10 to get in and see a bunch of guys standing there. Yeah. You know? So yeah, having Matt uh, join this band was a blessing in disguise. It really was. So thank you, brother. Yeah, man. So David, you got a question? Uh I have many questions. Where do we start? So I I, I haven't seen you guys. Um I've watched a bunch of YouTube footage. I've seen clips from Jim at the show the other night. Um, how, how close do you guys try to get in nailing the actual sound of, you know, those old records? Are you literally trying to get the same gear? Are you okay using like modern equivalents? Cause I've seen, there's a tribute act that, that I really like, which is called, uh, the musical box. And they do like the seventies era Genesis stuff, but they've got the costumes and all the gear on stage is like from the 1970s. Half of it doesn't work when they're using it. I mean, it's just a nightmare to watch, but. Um, I just curious as to like how, how important it is. I know Max, I've seen him with an SG when he did, when he does some of the IOMI stuff. Um, but. Well. It's effortless, effortless, basically. Well, my thing is with, you know, trying to get close as close, you know, some people, I always get different comments, you know, and some people tell me, Oh, you need to play it just like the record. And then, you know, you got others tell me, dude, just, do it more your way. You know, it's always yeah. flip-flop. So I just, you know, the parts that, you know, it's like when Jake got in the band and when Zach got in the band, and even with Gus, none of them played it just yeah, like they left that. their own sonic stamp on it. Left their own style. Right. You know, let's say if, you know, even if Ozzy were to get a new guitar player, he wouldn't play it just like anyone else. And that's that's the way I see it. And, you know, the parts that I feel should be played just like the record or just like, you know, Randy played them live. I play it that way. And the parts that, you know, don't, I don't. And as far as looks, you know, I feel like we all go out as, you know, except for Lynn, of course, we all go out as Max Fry and Turi Hudgens, the Nashville Twins. Turi. Hey, Hey, Turi was playing a, um, a, a Schechter. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Been playing Schecters for seven years now. Yeah, you know, and even oh, so remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I was to, to address your question, drum sure. line, like there's the 
you know, that was an interesting thing for me when I was, you know, the week before I played with these guys and I was plowing through the material and, you know, I'm, I'm actually a fan of quite a few of Ozzy's drummers, Randy Castillo. Yes. Yes. I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of Tommy Aldridge is one of my absolute favorite drummers, mm -hmm. but you know, it's interesting. Every drummer played a little different. They played their own licks. Every drummer kind of played their own speed, their own little way, own little swagger, you know? And um, so it's interesting. There's so many different versions and you got to kind of listen and, and just decide what works, pick parts from, from different ones. And I know when I, some of the Sabbath songs I played with the guys, they were like, Whoa, dude, you're playing it fast. You know? And I was, yeah. used to, if you listen to Tommy Aldridge playing Snowblind in 1982, he's floating, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. The record. He's so, um, you All know, were Snowblind. All of them were snow blind. The funny thing is, the Sabbath version is so uh, snow blind is so slow, you know. And um, <laughs> so that's an interesting thing. Listen to the different versions and years of, for me, anyways, as a drummer, that's interesting. I was going, man, there's so many different ways this stuff sounds depending on which drummer or guitar player or, or what have you played with the band, you know. So, right. So, so, so far, are you, are you guys mostly regional or do you play like all over the States now or what's well, the, uh, as little Ozzy, you know, our history, I mean, we've played all over the country. We've flown to Iowa, we've done casinos, um, in the West coast. Um, you know, right now we're constantly winter monastery. So let's get some more space. We just got two Florida's now in the January. But, um, you know, as far as that goes, keep it in control all about if we could find an, an agency that came along that was great and, and on it, yeah, that could get us busy, man, we, we'd be all over them. But, um, you know, uh, we got a vision. We know what we're doing. You know, we got cool. I'm right up at Max is booking a pin right now. Max is running a little Aussie at the current moment. That's mm -hmm. how really um, I actually got our calendar here if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, okay. yeah, sure, sure. I'll plug, plug, plug your dates. Go for it. So, in the next couple of weeks, we're heading over to Alabama. Huntsville, we're coming your way. We're playing at Sidetracks Music Hall December 7th. And then in January, we got a couple, you know, weeks off, you know, Christmas and all that. Then in January, we're hitting it again. We're playing the 11th at the Bullcock Swine. And then we're playing the 12th at the D.C. Tattoo Convention. Those are both in, you know, Virginia and D.C. Right. And then the 25th, we're heading over to the Kelsey Theater. We're playing then. And what else we got? Cincinnati was the second. The big announcement. Nashville, Tennessee. Little Harpeth Brewery. And then the 23rd, we're heading over to St. Louis. And, and you playing. forgot January 4th pending uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, correct? That's right. We're playing. No, not in Cincinnati. It's um, we're playing oh. in Chicago at the, um, the Cubby Bear. Oh really, uh, Chicago, David? Yeah, I might have to. I might have to come out and see you guys. Oh, where are you from, man? Uh, I'm in. Uh, I'm in this western suburbs of Chicago. Awesome, dude! And then, yeah, February 23rd, we're gonna be in St. Louis at the Casaloma Ballroom. Okay, all right. That's also that's in driving distance too. That's where no women under five foot two are allowed to even enter. That's a tall one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So yeah, that's that's just our uh, you know through February, and we're gonna be announcing some more dates soon. Yeah, yeah. um, 
if I don't make it down to the Cubby Bear, like next time you guys get into Chicago, I will definitely be there. Um, oh, have you been there to the Cubby Bear before? I think you mentioned most people will be watching it. I probably have, to be honest with you. I mean, I've lived in Chicago for the last probably, I think it's going on 23 years now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've probably been there over the years. I just oh, I think it's a remember. Nice place, man. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's one of the the better places in Chicago, honestly, um, in terms of like local bars and stuff and like smaller clubs. Yeah, um, what I heard was um, it was where Dave Grohl played one of the, like his first shows or something like yeah, that. I believe that. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, we got a couple of venues that are kind of you know that ilk here. Like we've got like the Metro, which is really famous. Um, right. Where like Smashing Pumpkins and those, those kinds of bands came out of there. But uh, yeah, Cubby Bear is up and coming right now. And and um, I just saw a show. What the hell is the name of that place? It, it escapes me, but it's like a, another smaller like club venue. And I almost went. I don't know if you guys have heard of these guys yet, but um, I think they're cool as hell. It, it's a band called Max Sabbath. I don't I don't know if you've heard of what this. Yeah, this? we've heard of them. Of yeah, I could see you guys ended up on the same bill at some point. <laughs> Will they uh, better not? I'm not going to let them play Black Sabbath if I'm on the stage. Yeah, I was going to say. So, um, Lynn, you you um, uh, you've done then some of the uh, the circuit for um, the uh, casinos, right? So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk later. Is it because because Max is obviously under 21, and a lot of states will allow 18 and up in a bar working. Um, is is that a challenge for you guys to like find a venue that that well, so far it's not you know now i don't know what gambling laws are like i don't know if they can be in there with a parent uh i don't know but his mother they can't be so. we're gonna have to get some permission slips or something going on yeah or, that totally makes sense. right now it's you know we we did look into the laws and you know i know venues the only difference is, you know, venues have certain rules, but according to the law, as long as I got a parent with me, it's okay for me to be in a bar and it's okay for me to, you know, not be on the floor of the casino, but right. to be, you know, in another room of the casino, that's completely legal. Sure, sure. And that's that's pretty typical. Like, I, I have family in Las Vegas, and that's like basically the rules out there. Um, the casinos that are here are the, basically the same deal. You, and and um, it's it, the bars are really the ones that have a problem with it around here. I mean, yeah, everybody's been yeah. great. They don't even ask. Yeah, I was going to ask about that challenge because when I was young and I had to do it, um, I had rules of where I could be, and it was similar to what you're talking about. Even in the early '80s, I could only go to the stage and behind it. I couldn't go on the dance floor. And I couldn't go, you know, to the bar area, but they would, they would usually set a little thing up, you know, um, behind things for, you know, and bring me food or whatever. Um, and, uh, there was other stuff that happened back there, but anyway, no. so <laughs> you just gotta say that, don't you? No, it, I mean, I, <laughs> hey, I, got reality. I got one thing to say. Yeah. LittleOzzyRocks.com and MaxFry.com. Check it well, out. If we didn't tell you already, anything you want us to post in the show notes or the uh, comment section on YouTube, let let us know. Um, you can send it to us after the show. 
and we'll make sure it all gets up there so that you guys okay. get it. I just did it for porn, so I can put the addresses up to any order owner, right? Yeah. I'm joking. Terry's, Terry's I, got, uh, Terry's yeah, got right. my information, so. Right. So I was laughing because you guys were, I didn't want to interrupt, but you guys were talking about Snowblind earlier. And for our yeah. listeners, if you didn't know, uh, Black Sabbath used to pay someone to follow them around with a briefcase filled with cocaine. Right. Oh, yeah. That has a lot to do with, you know, songs like that. It's amazing they're still alive. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. All of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Jim, do you even take it away? I know you got more questions. Don't act like oh, of course I do. Yeah, so um, when I was watching you play, Max, um, you went through uh, an SG, a white Les Paul, and I want to say you had a standard that was like a, a burst. Um, did, you, did you switch them up for different tunings or what was the reason for going through the guitars? No different tunings, actually. It's, um, you know, the main reason I'll switch my guitar is, you know, if, if I use whammy a lot, you know, I have a top mount Floyd Rose that, you know, no routing for the Les Paul people. So don't freak out. Is that the it's FRX? Hard. That's the FRX. That's right, right, right. I got to ask you about that thing. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It plays just like a regular Floyd, but no routing on the guitar, no modification. So I switched to that guitar, you know, whenever I'm doing dive bombs and crazy stuff like that. And, um, you know, the white Les Paul, I play on a lot of the Randy stuff and the SG I just got actually. And I, I use that for most of the Sabbath song. Yeah. I noticed on Snowblind you stayed with the uh, Les Paul. Um, right. And that was, that was pretty killer. Um, so your, your amp and stuff were hidden behind the curtain of, of the, uh, uh, the little Aussie, uh, uh, I'm not sure that logo. Is yeah. that your logo, Lynn? That is actually um off of Speaking of the Devil, right? That's right. You know, make sure, yeah, the bats came were on uh that room, man, man. Maybe both, but uh yeah. Max come up with all that. It was very, very cool. Uh so yeah, that just kinda kinda gives that eye, like Terry said, man, they come in and they just be Ozzy, you know, they see Ozzy, they uh, it makes you more realistic. You know? It was really cool that um, you had your, I, I want to say you had a half stack there, but I don't know if you, you might have had a full stock, but I want to say you had a half stack there. And then you had the um, Marshall head. Was that a, uh, was that a J, JCM or? It's a uh, super lead actually, the JMP. Man after my own heart. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just one cabinet. You know, it's got the, the greenbacks in there, man. It sounds awesome, I think. And well, I you, use here's a you know, couple pedals. Yeah. I noticed you had a wah up there. I, um, no, it was actually not a wah, man. What it was is a um, a whammy pedal, you know, for when I'm using the white Les Paul and the SG. But it's the whammy DT, too. So when I'm playing Snowblind, okay. I can drop the tuning, you know, because that's in C sharp. Right, right. You do what I do, because like I've been doing that for a long time, where um, if I have to play a song in a flat tuning, I just turn on the whammy pedal and turn the amp up so I can't hear my normal string. That's right. I'm too lazy to tune the guitar to flat tuning. 
because all my guitars have floating bridges on them. So it's like, exactly. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, exactly, man. That's right. I will tell you that the Boathouse did a good job with y'all's sound. It was really no, good. Well, that was, yeah, then I, that wasn't even the Boathouse. Their sound guy took, dumped out on us at the last minute. This guy did our sound before in Hampton. I don't remember his name, and I'm ashamed to even say that. He's one of the best sound guys we've experienced on the road. What do you think, Terry? Yeah, off road, definitely. Um, um, uh, he he definitely knows how to dial in drums <laughs> for sure. And uh, and they had a guy. The cool thing about these guys is they actually had a guy that's, that that practically stood on stage the whole time with our monitors. I mean, I had no monitor issues at all. I could hear everything. That was amazing. I'll tell you, that's one of the blessings of having a, a good sound crew. And those guys were as pro as it gets. Uh, but when you have a good monitor system and you can hear what's going on, man, it makes your life easier. And yeah. those guys did a great job with the monitors. Sure. Yeah, we've. we've the sound, sound was killer. Yes, yeah. it was. We've definitely covered it on the show before, like talking about, you know, the monitoring system and how important it is to like getting a uh, good performance. I can say honestly, like Jim was Jim was talking about uh you guys have sound to me specifically. And I I had just seen a show like two weeks before I'd seen Cannibal Corpse with, you know, like three other um metal bands. And it was so funny because the three other bands, like it was pretty clear they had, you know, whoever sound guy was mixing the whole venue. And and then the Cannibal Corpse came out and they sounded like ten times better than everybody else. And it was pretty clear that they either had their own sound guy or that they, it was just all coming off the stage with their amplification, which is entirely possible. They had four full stacks on stage. Yeah, I got the mazes. Those things are stupid loud, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Mesa player myself. And uh, I got you. I, even, even if you're doing that, like, it's still make or break in a venue, especially the, the, the venue where they were at. It's like, you know, at a balcony and all that stuff. And, like, there's a lot of acoustic problems in places like that. Of where course. you know you Did they sound a together. whole lot louder when you heard them Did uh, they come really loud and clear yeah that was exactly you know, that's an old 80s trick too they do what they do is they the opening bands they never cut the stuff and yeah. uh they wouldn't give the greatest sound and then when the big guys come out on the stage they they fire those big yeah those the other the other thing is there's four times as much amplica- amplification on stage compared to the other bands like everybody else is playing half stacks and then these guys come out with, you know, two full stacks per guitar player. I'm well, like, yeah. well, just, just so you, just so you know, uh, we okay. also, we also have like Max will use two full stacks and I've got two complete uh, six by 10 peg rigs. But the trick to all that is, is not cranking it all up. Right. Let the, right. Let the PA that. do his job, you know? Yeah, get the head, get the headroom going. Loud, don't we? You gotta play the shit loud. It's metal, man. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's gotta be loud. Yeah, but yeah, damn right. <laughs> but he's right. My ears, my ears <laughs> rang until yesterday. I, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I, I was not hardcore enough to have earplugs with him at all times. <laughs> I was no, I didn't. Uh, so my buddy um, asked me. He goes, "Where's Max's amps?" I said, "It's right behind that curtain. You can't see him." I said, but right. we, we were in the VIP area. Um, I'll, right, right. I'll say this, the boathouse, it's better to be on the floor than the VIP area, honestly. The VIP area is awful. You got, everything's in your way. It's a, they say it's an unobstructed view. It's a terrible view. 
Instead, I was right. I went right up in front of Terry, and uh, I was shooting some video. Terry, I showed you that video, right? I'll, uh, um, I I showed, it. Yeah, <laughs> everything. And man, you were you were fucking rocking it. You were you were just killing it. And of course, um, Lynn was killing it. Max was killing it. Zach, but I, so I was standing on the subs and. When Zach and Terry would hit those notes, they, those things together, my feet were literally vibrating, and and my pants were blowing like I, I was, was just going to ask, did your pants legs blow? Because that's the best <laughs> feeling in the world. So, quick question, and and it's it's going to be a stupid one, but it's just for more for the audience sake than the mount. You guys play loud, right, on stage? Do you guys wear ear protection? No, I do. I, yes, I I haven't always. Mark uh, guys do. I, I do now, and now I, I'm so reliant on it that it actually sounds like I'll freak out if I, if I don't have earplugs. I've got to go get them because I actually hear everything better. It's I play better. It's um, I play in a more relaxed state. The earplugs in it because I can really like hammer away, and it's not like ow every time I hit my snare. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh, smart. Me, yeah, Just for the li- yeah. for the listeners, when I was there watching Zach. His arm would go all the way up, do all the way down. When he would hit that snare, it was like he was beating, you know, a child. <laughs> just, a, little, a little Keith Moon going on. Yeah, he had like <laughs> therapy, man. It really is. I swear people say, some people go, dude, what's wrong with you, man? And but I, I'm sure everybody in the band that you know or anybody who plays music can relate to that. But there is a it's it there's something therapeutic about it. And it's um, like, sometimes I'll, I'll feel literally like stressed out or, or kind of off or something. I'll be like, what's wrong with me? And then I'll go play a show and then I'll feel great. I'll be like, Oh, that was it. I haven't played a show in a week or two or whatever. (laughs) That's right. I take my problems out on my drums. That's right. Better than taking them out on people. I'm a therapy for that. Uh, To answer your question. I did not wear ear protection until I got in this band and I see Terry and every time I talk to him, we go, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And I still to this day do not wear ear protection. And I actually, I pop my ears so I can hear it even louder. (laughs) It's just a preference. It's a preference thing. I just, I put earplugs in and it seems to muffle everything and I don't like it. It definitely does, especially if you don't. So like you can have custom made plugs. That's what right. I got. Yeah. And and those those help a lot, uh, especially for the clarity thing. But right. u- ultimately, you're still stuffing something in your ear. I mean, right. there's no I just don't, I just don't care for that. You know, I like I like my eardrums to ring when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lynn, do you wear do you wear in ears? Are you using in ears? Because it's hard to tell. Because you are wearing a wig, right? That black hair is a wig. Yeah. I tried to use earplugs when I was younger and hated them and. And I still don't. And to this day, I, my, my high end's gone. Max, same way. Huh? Huh? I can't hear shit. So it's smart to wear them. It really is. Well, a lot of singers don't because they, so uh, it's like they can hear themselves better without them. You're right. And, a lot of times I'll do this and clock, you know, but I can't hear a good or, or just to get that note, you know? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I put my finger in my ear. And then yeah, you were. I, I got to say, you know, you were killing it. Vocally, you were nailing it. Thank you. I'm very and lucky. A lot of times, like, uh, so I've got the recordings that I made. I, I probably recorded at least a little bit of every single song that you guys did. And um, usually you see these 
Facebook live recordings. I, we've all seen it. They're awful. The, the sound sounds like, you know, it's, it's just this mess. Um, and I was telling Terry, I said, I don't know how I did it. Cause I was standing right on top of the sub, but I got some killer sound. Um, considering yeah. the fact that it came from a cell phone and killer video. Um, and I, I can say this, usually afterwards you listen back, you go, Oh, there's, that's bad. That's bad. This, that, um, uh, show that you did stands up. I mean, literally, um, that, that's why I was so surprised when Zach, when you said you were in there, in there, uh, that was your only second gig and Max, you've only been there for a few months. It's just, it's just incredible to hear how really tight and precise you guys were together as a band. It's so the guys. It's the guys. I will no I was, rehearsal either. No rehearsal. See, right. Jim, I told you you don't need to rehearse. That's, that's, that, I mean, that's really cool to hear that it, that good yeah i appreciate that man i want to ask you something what what song really stood out oh for me yeah oh geez you know it's hard for me to pick a favorite i i loved crazy train which was i think your last song right um i loved snowblind um you know i loved mama i'm coming home i mean everybody loved mama i'm coming home it was so you know Lynn, you got right in people's faces. You were right there. You were, you're not that guy that's like, oh, I'm going to keep, you know, this, 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 us, you. You were right there with everybody, and you were, you brought the microphone out. You were it, it just killing as far as that's the best part of it. Right. Yeah, meet people and, and see them all and talk to them all. And, you know, we're big on that. When we're done, we tell them, don't go nowhere. We're coming out there with you guys. We're going to take pictures. We're going to hang out. And uh, that's what we're all about. And they're the ones that are giving us this joy. Yeah, I posted, I posted one of those selfies that as, as we were taking our selfie, people were joining in. And so yeah. I actually had it in my phone. I have like, there's three, there's just us. Then there's Matt, there's Terry and Zach. Then there's like 18 people. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it, like, it seemed like more and more people kept getting, they were like, oh, it's a yeah. picture. And they kept getting it. It was uh, um, do you guys Do you guys change the set every night? Like, do you, you pick different songs? No. Every once in a while, um, you know, Lynn will say, okay, we're going to do this one instead just for effect. But Or if I'm like, if I'm really getting through a hard time and let's say um, War Pigs is so much easier to sing than uh, let's say Sato or something, I'd be like, dude, I cannot do that one right now. Can we go here and do that? I'll kind of, you know, yeah, you're they're really on the set, right? right. Yeah. They did your favorite song, David. They did Barry's Got Boots. Oh, I like that song, but I also like Over the Mountain. That's that's my favorite Ozzy song. We do the solo. That's in my spotlight solo. Yeah, I believe it because that's that that solo is titanically good. Um, so yeah, I was about to ask you all um, one at a time when you're doing your solos. Um, let's start with Terry. Go to Zach and finish with Max. Um, as far as this goes, so how do you pick what you want to do during your solo and and um, how do you guys know, okay, the solo started, now it's it's done, it's time for me to come back on. How does that how does that go? Does everybody well, know? I, as far as ba- as far as bass is concerned, uh Ozzy's bassist never really had a per se solo, but we do uh NIB and uh which we didn't do it at, at the show you were at, but uh had a little just a small like bass solo intro to that song. Right, and right. That, 
I guess that would be considered my solo, but, um, you know, but I, it just, you know, we're trying to keep it true to form as far as the whole Ozzy and Black Sabbath thing. So I, I don't really come out and do a solo. It's not that I couldn't, it's just, I don't feel like it's necessary or appropriate because, because of the fact we're trying to keep this true, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's not necessary for a bass solo. But the NIB intro, I do that. But, um, you know, and that's that's all I need, man. See, that's team player right there, man. Well, Terry, what I always tell you a bass player is, man. Yeah, we're pre- we're the pre- I think you said we were the prettiest guy in the band and, and stand out the moon. <laughs> oh, oh, no, man, I see some ugly-ass bass players. <laughs> What I always tell Terry is a bass player is a decoration, man. Yes. <laughs> so he told it a different way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love his lesson. So Zach, what about your solo? Because you you did um you did one as well. Yeah. Um I guess structurally, well well in the set I do the solo after Sweet Leaf, and that's you know. That's where the guys said that they traditionally do it or, or, you know, where we would do it. Um, as far as what I do in the solo, um, there's, it's mostly, I'm mostly improvising, but there's somewhat of a structure. I try to come out with a lot of energy at first, um, kind of reminiscent of like how Tommy Aldridge would do his, uh, I usually start out with double bass and I kind of just do whatever comes to mind on top of a steady double bass pattern, like six sixteenth notes. And um, then I'll kind of bring it down and uh, kind of have a middle section where, you know, I sort of bring it down somewhat. And, uh, and then I try to build it back up at the end. And that's basically, um, that's basically my idea for doing it. And, and within that, I'm always doing different stuff every night. It's a little different every time I do a drum solo. It's not like I'm going to do this exact lick. I kind of go to a different place and I don't really know what happens. And I mean, sometimes people even come up to me and they're like, Hey dude, that was like, you know, eight minutes long or something. And I'm like, what really? Holy yeah, shit. You're like, you're like, what was your favorite part? And then they tell you, you're like, I don't remember that. I've listened to the tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and sometimes it's I'll watch it and be like, man, I was, you know, that was a good one. I was on that night or sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, it's, you know, um, and sometimes I'll watch stuff back and go, Oh, that lick wasn't as cool as I thought it was. Or then you, or, or you, or you'll do something and you go, Oh, that, that lick was, I don't even remember doing that, but that was cool. I'm going to have to remember that one. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, right. Which, which recording is a great tool. And I know Terry, Terry is big on that. He records all the shows and uh, that's right. And <laughs> you know, re- recording is great to go. I found is one awesome tool to go back and kind of figure out, you know, what, not only in the songs, but in the solos, you know, what, what is cool and what works and what doesn't. And, um, but, uh, I'd say that's the basic idea for me structure wise is to come out with energy, bring it down and then just bring, take it to the way up at the end, you know, crescendo, crescendo, grand crescendo. And what about you, Max? Cause you, you were talking about your solo earlier. How do you, how do you choose that? Cause, and the one thing I do want to say is when Max was playing his solo, 
he was not just standing in one spot, staring at his shoes. I've got video of that. I'll post it that. Bit, it looked a little bit like Zach Wild. <laughs> yeah, he was killing it. So tell us yeah, a little bit about. Yeah, he looks like yeah. a young Zach. Yeah, yeah, you do actually. That's what I was like. Oh, that's interesting. An Aussie cover band where they got the guy looking like Zach. It's the Randy. Like that's yeah, awesome. <laughs> right. Um. Oh man, you know I, I you know, but the intro to my solo is, you know, one of the parts. The intro is one of the parts that always kind of stays the same. You know, and mine is kind of like the way Randy did it, but at the same time, it's not. So I took a couple licks from Randy's solo and, you know, a couple little pentatonic things that, you know, Zach would do and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the rest of it is just me. You know, whatever I, whatever I feel like doing. And as far as length, yeah. You, you find me someone that can pull off a 10 minute solo guitar wise that, you know, besides Eddie, Alan, I'll give you $10 right now. Cam can do it. Cam said he can do it, man. Easy, man. Hey, come on, man. Jakey Lee can do it. <laughs> right, of course. I don't know if I pulled it off, but I've sure played some 10 minute guitar solos in front of people before. <laughs> right. I'm lucky to get 30 seconds. That the last time I went to a jam night, uh, I got up and they were like, Oh, what song do you want to play? I'm like, let's just go for it. So I start playing, and of course the whole band kicks in. And uh it went on for like seven or eight minutes before they were like, Hey, let the other guy have a solo. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Man. Yeah, we're not saying that David was grandstanding. No. Actually, I let the guy pick the other two songs, so well. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like when you kind of get a feel for, okay, let me, let me call it a, cause you know, I, I go by, you know, always leave people wanting more, you know, like right. as much as I, as much as I love Zach, man, when he goes out there and does that, you know, 20 minute where he's walking out in the audience, that's, yeah. that's the quietest part of the show, man. And that's, yeah, yeah. it's I cool, think- but. It is what it is. Man. I think for a lot of audience goers, can I say something? Oh, sure. <laughs> just being a smart ass. Max just hit a good point, too. We are very uh, aware and cautious of keeping the audience. And these guys are incredible with that because, you know, you can lose the audience. You play a song that's not great, it's time for a piss break. It's time to go outside and smoke a cigarette. And, and it's all up. right. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say, Lynn. Is as soon as I'm doing my solo, if I see someone go outside smoke a cigarette, I'm done. That's it. I tell you, so I was, yeah, Max. I was noticing that you. Did we lose Terry uh, here? Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll All be right. back. I'm Thanks, sure. Um, when uh, when you went to do your um, when you were doing your solo, you made eye contact, whether you wanted to or not. I know that sometimes on stage, what you actually see is a bunch of like cloudy faces. Um, but you were making eye contact with these people. And, and there were a couple of times I was like, I was like, Hey, <laughs> He's looking I'm just out here taking videos of you. It's okay. But no, it was, uh, um, but seriously though, you were, you were right there uh, contacting the people. I was the guy that yelled out. Somebody said, I think it was, um, Lynn said, uh, is, um, somebody thinks he's beautiful or something like that. I said, Oh yeah. His mom thinks he's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> Because I was just saying that all mothers think their kids are beautiful when they're that age. But Max, I think your mom was there, so. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, 
That's right. Well, no, with the whole eye contact thing, you know, I feel like, you know, make somebody feel like they're part of the show, you know, but don't make them just feel like, you know, another person who, I don't know. That's another thing I love about Max. I remember as a kid growing up seeing these guys that were just so charismatic, so into everybody in the audience, and so into their faces. You know, Max is that guy, man. It's amazing. Well, it's cool to see that at such a young age because that's usually a learned skill, to be completely honest. He's a natural. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah especially at that age. It's, it's like most, most people your age are just they're hiding. They're like, don't look at me. You know, and then, or they're or they're over the top with it, and like right. it's not, it doesn't feel genuine because that's the opposite. And like a lot of people don't think about that, but we've all seen somebody who's like overtly putting themselves out there, and yeah. it, it's almost like reverse charisma. It looks for Dude, Was that a rat that ran by? Where in my house? Oh, his cat. <laughs> no, I've got. Oh. I have multiple giant cats. No, they're not giant. There he goes. That's 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 my cat Merle, named after the guy from The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he he acts like a rat too, frankly. Um, no, so sorry about that. I know that was you can edit that out, but at, oh no, we're gonna talk about this because everybody like so everybody who's done an interview on the show has seen my cats at some point. Usually they're up on the table, like trying to get in front okay, of me. Okay, that's Merle. Um, and I have another one, Michonne. They're both named after Walking Dead characters. Everybody who's listening to the show knows this. But the but the funny thing is, they're scavengers, like really bad. And I have I have I have a Chipotle tin sitting here, and I'm surprised one of the cats is not up here trying to get it right now. Like, so you're a big so you're a big Walking Dead fan. I used to be like the show. The, I'm still a big comic book fan. I, I read the comic books, right? Um, but the show is kind of it's getting dated and it's getting a little tired. But I did uh I did a special uh, well I got to be in a video with another and, and one of the cast members of the video was from The Walking Dead, uh Lee Burvoy, I think is his name. Yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. But he was in I think he was in the earlier episodes, but he's a really, really cool dude, man. Yeah, I I mean there have been so many great actors that have graced that show and a lot of musical talent and stuff who've been zombies on the show. Yeah. yeah um, who was cool. it? Not Slayer. It was uh, Anthrax. Yeah, Scott Ian from Anthrax. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's been a zombie more than once. Yeah. So wow. And then was, I, hey, you wanted some zombies? You could have. You could have came and got uh, me and Zach on that Wednesday night gig. We were up thirty six <laughs> hours, dude. Thirty six oh. hours straight. All we need to do is we put the dead. put the lenses in your eyes and we're ready to rock. Oh, you know, man. So crazy, man. Crazy. Um, I mean, I don't even, I barely remember playing the show and I'm not even kidding. I mean, I really barely remember playing Wednesday night. I'll tell you what, when we got to the Waffle House, Terry and Zach were about punch drunk, man. Like I was looking at Zach. I'm like, man, are you okay? He was like, <laughs> He's like yeah. propping himself up on the table. Like, yeah, I'm he was fine. like <laughs> man, he was like so tired when he was in the car. And then as soon as he got to the Waffle House, he's like all like fidgety. I'm like, man, what's going on? <laughs> We did a we did a bar gig one time, and uh, the bass player I was playing with, I don't know how how long he had been awake, but I'll tell I'll tell you when he was on stage, he was doing doing this while he was playing, like kind of nodding off, and then as we left, I helped him load out, and uh, I he was driving in the car next to us, and I pulled up alongside him, and I look over, and he's like, he just falling asleep at the wheel, <laughs> like he was making a left, and he he completely fell asleep. It was hysterical. <sighs> 
<laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. That's kind of scary. We had a bass player. It's a sad, a sad ending to a story. We had a bass player. He packed all his stuff in and uh, drove home. Um, and uh, when he stopped, his head, the head from his gear, went into there and just oh shit, knocked him, knocked him and and killed him. He died. Oh, uh, and he, yeah, and he lived for now. Like, you make me feel like a dick. I know. He, well, he lived for like um, three weeks and life support and stuff. That's and terrible. It was terrible, terrible. So make sure when you put your shit in the car, I'm telling you, make sure that stuff is locked in. Yeah, I, never, I always put my stuff. Here's in the a story. Here's a here's another story for you. Okay, you so keep that in mind, buddy. I guess, I guess well, it's a, we made it. Yeah, because when 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 we made that trip up there. Like I said, we crammed a bass rig and a whole complete drum kit in a Murano. And I mean, it was, I mean, literally. You take out a spare tire. It was, oh, it was, it was fucked up. You can put the bass drum in there where the spare tire goes. It's fine. Yeah. Dude, I, had to take, I had to take all the drums out of the cases. And I don't, you know, I usually don't like to travel. Like yeah, that. yeah. We, we looked at, I looked at the car and we're just like, man, there's no way this is going to happen. Um, unless we, you know, take these drums out of cases. Oh my god! <laughs> it was an adventure. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Do you, we, gotta watch out, we gotta watch out for uh, the heads, apparently. Terry, you brought um, you had uh, um, that Schecter. You pretty much played that Diamond series all night long. Did you have? Do you have a backup that you bring with you, or do you uh, yeah. just? I actually have, uh, that was a C4 triple X, you know, it's got the stripper inlays. Yep. Uh, I have two of those and I've also got a blackjack ATX, um, that I use, but, um, man, I, like I said, I've been playing Schecter for seven years. I like the way they feel. I like the tone from it. Of course, you know, a lot of my tone comes from the way I actually hit my strings and I use heavy gauge strings which a lot of guys that play bass don't use anymore but um I have to because I hit my strings really hard what are those like uh 50 110 or yeah uh 50 to I think it's 50 to 110 or 115 I mean they're they're thick thick monstrous and I and I have the action real high on the neck, you know. I don't like it real close. So I've got it real high. And I, he's holding up for 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 uh, listeners of the show. He's holding up his fingers, and they're, they're legitimately like an inch thick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's building muscle in his hands. Terry pretty much likes to fight his bass. Yeah, that he I mean, like to play his bass. He likes to fight it. We had we had one run where we played three shows in a row, and that by the third show, my fingertips were completely raw. I mean, I was bleeding on my bass. Yeah. And that ain't even that's not even uh, joking. I mean, seriously. Yeah, no, it ain't your instrument until you bled on it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Lynn, you were gonna you were gonna say something during that uh, about the bones. Uh, about the uh, um, when he was talking about his bass, his bass strings, and yeah, yeah, he, he is. He's a monster, man. I just repeat what what they said. Uh, you know, he, we had a long run, and, and he will. Not, he's going to make sure he's that thing played right, and he wails the shit out of it. His fingers hurt me just looking at him. I mean, you can almost oh, I mean that's heavy metal. That's how he gets through it. He just he just passes off the pain to the rest of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I was I was playing forty five one hundred fives. I think those are considered mediums. So that medium, yeah, that's a medium. Yeah, 
That's but I would a- usually play uh, 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 five strings. So I had a, I think it's a one fifteen on the bottom. Yeah, but I noticed you were doing the the. Now are you are you guys in standard tuning? Is that uh, standard E? Half step, E flat, E flat. Half step now, yeah. Yeah, that's much easier for me. Huh. But like right. the Blizzard of Oz album, I think is it, standard, isn't it? Standard. And then, uh, Diary, everything but Sato was E flat. Yep. Yeah, he, he tunes like three octaves lower. He's like. The light in the window is a crack in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's not trashing on Ozzy though. Everyone that's trashing on Ozzy nowadays. Yeah, and I wanted to go see a show. It's just he sounded so much better than I expected. I'll give it to him. Good, I'm glad. And I'm to be and toy extensively like that, crazy. That's well, he was good. Stage show is so cool, too, man. Rick says, Zach, you sound better than Zach. Huh? Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he still uh, says, oh, man. This just sounds better than Zach. That's a pretty high compliment, but. Yeah, just, just file that one away into the uh, I'm Ooh. humble and not going to say anything category. He <laughs> 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 does a really good Zach Wild impression. That's, yeah, don't you, Terry? Oh, yeah. Well, I keep waiting for Max to put on his little dress and uh, <laughs> come out on stage like Zach. Most Zach in America. Oh yeah, uh, like the squeal. Yeah, wee wee. wee. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening to this episode, I highly recommend that you follow us and find us on YouTube. Yeah, because this is definitely one to see. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I, gonna... I, do want, I do want to say something real quick. Um, just from me to the band, uh, you know, I know I'm the oldest guy in the band and stuff, but I appreciate Lynn giving me the opportunity to uh, to do this because I mean, before this, I was just sitting around Nashville doing cover songs, which is not a bad thing. But, uh, you know, because of Lynn, I'm getting this opportunity to play these ballrooms and Boathouse Live and, you know, these big, huge stages and stuff. And, you know, it's so cool. And it's so cool to be around guys that I've always been the type of person when I get in a band, I like to give more than just playing the bass, you know, like flyers and artwork and special set list and you know making our set list look cool instead of just writing it on a piece of paper yeah look at this let me show up check this out our set list our set list this isn't even one of the good ones and this actually is my favorite because this was a birthday present when we played with Peter Ford it says happy birthday Oz it was my birthday and I very framed the set list and this is on my wall right there Peter Ford but he does Good job with everything. Now we have full color set list. If the audience, they're like, Did I have a set list? They look like, I mean, they look great. Harry is, Harry's the man. I mean, they all well, are. They, I just, they, I've just always said, I've noticed after my first show, people were grabbing the set list and wanting yeah. to autograph it and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, let's. Let's make a set list that makes it worth people having, you know, something. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. That is cool. Well, even that. The set last weekend looked really cool. My rat's back here. 
Uh oh, there it is. <laughs> but anyway, I, I you know it, it is a pleasure to get to play with these guys, you know, on stage and stuff. And uh, you know, Lynn, thanks, buddy, and I appreciate it. And Thank you, it's a pleasure to play with y'all. Y'all, you know, and and you know to to have Max and Zach in this band and work as right. hard as everybody does, you know, it's such a pleasure, man. I just you know I've been in bands before where you got guys that that are really into it and the other ones ain't, and you know you got guys that think all they have to do is just show up and play, and that's yeah, all they Jim, have to do. Jim and I have had whole episodes concerning those kinds of people. Yeah, and that that drives me up the wall. And and everybody in this band, once we're off the stage, everybody's still working. You know, they're doing stuff to help promote or getting shows or, you know. So Um, it's really cool, man. And not only that, but everyone is positive. Not to cut you off, Terry, but everyone, you know, we all really do. It ain't a joke. We all do hit the Waffle House after the show. and We're all hanging out, you know, like even after... Terry and um, you know Zach hadn't slept for thirty six hours. We sat up in you know the hotel room till probably four or five in the morning watching our show and just saying, okay, here's what we can critique and hanging out and just yep. you know chit chatting. Good, good use of time. time. Right. Yeah. Next time you guys are in my area, um, gonna uh, I'll definitely be there, but I definitely want to hang out afterwards. Let's yeah. see what band is. So I just wanted you to see who was on the cover. This came in the in the um, thing today. Jakey Lee. Yes. All right. Looking good. That's that Max's favorite guitar player, by the way. Do you know that? <laughs> Jakey Lee. It is. I love Jake, man. But he he tried. All right. <laughs> so who do you think? Who do you think's better? Let's take a poll right now. Randy or Jake? Um, he stacked the deck look at that you know it's hard because when when uh, i'm gonna say this i i liked jakey lee that's i'll just say it then that's me i didn't think i not that i didn't think that uh randy was a was a great player because he obviously was i mean i was i want to say what was that terry 80 when uh diary of a man man came out 81 so you were 18, I was 17. I mean, correct. That was, hey, Dave, look who's on, uh, on that. Oh, page. yeah. How about that? That was our interview the other night, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Mrs. Smith. Yeah. That it was like a fun one, man. Fun interview. That was a fun uh, Yeah, it was. It was great. It was great. Wonderful uh, performance artist. I would uh, highly recommend it. If you guys got time, check out the episode because it's really good. Let's um, have to guy. Um, but I wanted to say one thing in case it does. Uh, Brandy, Max's mother, is the fifth member for sure. She is, um, she hates hearing this kind of stuff, but um, she's a strong woman, she's a go getter. You will not mess with her, son. You will not mess with her. She will kick your ass, she will kick my ass, she will kick our ass. But she helps, she's helped me so much with organization and uh, inspiration, and uh, she's just. After she's wonderful. So, you know, I just want to say that, that we appreciate her as, as a damn band member. Uh, that was, uh, that was, um, uh, Randy. Randy's mother. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. wanted to also congratulate Mr. Terry Hutchins for making Face Player Magazine this month. Yeah, we saw that. I saw that on Facebook today, Terry. 
Yeah. All that too. I had, I had, since I can't never make it on the bass player magazine, I just made yeah, my you own. Had to mock that up. Uh, yeah. that good. That's right. <laughs> Who knows if it's real or not? Nobody buys magazines anymore, right, Jim? There's a nice picture of Jake right there. There we go. Oh, he's got, look, he's got a fan blowing his hair like Steve Vai. Right. <laughs> he looks older than Terry. We're just messing with Terry. All right. Before uh, we end tonight, there's we, only one more question. We have uh, to ask this question. So everybody's going to answer it um, okay. in order. Um, we'll give, we'll give uh, Lynn last. Let's start with our youngest member, Max. Um, we always ask this question it, it, and it doesn't have to be necessarily with little Ozzy. What is, what is the um, funniest or most interesting story you have to tell from a gig that, you know, something that happened. And, you know, there's, there's a million, you know, Zag and Terry staying up, man. Um, of course, all the drunk people. We had this guy at a boat house who would not leave us alone, but I just wanted to kick him out. I didn't even. Was it was his name Jim? And um, <laughs> I was drinking. I can't really think <laughs> one. There's just, there's a million. There's a there, million. Was a guy, there was a guy at the boathouse that was drinking hard. And... Oh, no, God. He's on with This guy was my best friend growing up, and I haven't seen him in almost 40 years, and he just showed up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that I know everything he's been through, it wouldn't bother me if I hadn't seen him going up in 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's cruel, and I don't really mean he was just really drunk when he sat there. And he was like, oh, he was. Yeah. Uh, All right, we going to the next person on the question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll go, right. Ahead, I'll go ahead and go with it. Uh, probably yeah. the biggest road story I could tell you, and, and I'm not going to go into a long story about it, but it was when I was in Archangel uh, back in the 80s. We played a place in St. Louis. We were on the eighth floor. And, of course, you know, in the 80s, we lived – we lived like rock stars, if you know what I mean. And uh, my bass tech um, was in the room with my guitar player and the singer, and they were wasted off their asses, man. But they picked him up and hung him by his ankles over the ledge of the balcony. Oh, and, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I mean, I know it didn't happen to me, but, of course, yeah. I, heard, I heard about it afterwards. But – uh I was sitting there thinking, man, could you imagine being hung by your ankles by two guys who are just wasted, you know, eight stories oh. high, <laughs> and hoping like hell they don't let you go. <laughs> he wouldn't have felt it anyways. Well, that it had just That's been one. Michael Jackson would do the blanket. <laughs> you know what I think? I think somebody did that to me. I put like a couple soap bars in a pillowcase, and when they when I saw them go to sleep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's probably the craziest, you know, that's crazy story I got as far as that goes. That, that's pretty wild, man. What about you, Zach? What have you got? Uh, probably the craziest thing that ever happened to me. Um, I'm 38 years old. One of the first bands I went out on the road with, I was like 20 or 21. I can't remember. I, I remember the band was called Playgrind, just a variety cover band. And uh, we went to Denver, Colorado. We were playing this little club for like four days or something. And I think it was the second or third day. Uh, the 
the singer and the bass player had been something had been brewing all day between them where they were about to go at each other. And by the end of the show, everything came to a head and, uh, I'm sorry, did I, it was a guitar player and the bass player, excuse me. And, um, so the guitar player was this big dude and the bass player was a little small guy and they were outside and the guitar player charged the bass player bass player happened to have one of my cymbal stands in his hand. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. It's a terrible story. He hit the guitar player in the head, one of my cymbal stands. It knocked the guitar player out and to the point of doing some serious damage and that an ambulance had to be called. And it actually, um, I think it cracked this guy's skull or it did something really bad. And uh, at that point, I was stranded in Denver, Colorado. Um, I had no ride. The the gu guitar player was in the hospital. And Weed the was still, still not legal. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I think I was. What's that? I said weed was still not legal. Yeah, right. No, not not up to that point. So the bass player went to jail. Saw it with a deadly weapon. The cops came, took him to jail. The guitar player went to the hospital. And um, it was a guitar player's ride that we had come up there with. He had a Suburban. So I called my parents and I'm like, hey, I'm stranded in Denver, Colorado. And my parents got me a plane ticket and flew me home. And they were like, yeah, you probably shouldn't go out on the road with a rock and roll band anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that we, we see you learn from that. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna, you learn from that. <laughs> yeah. And so to this day, man, I don't even know what happened of that because I, I mean, I really don't know. Um, the guitar player was kind of crazy anyways, and I distanced myself from him and I knew the bass player had gone to jail and I've just moved on to other things. I'm not really sure what happened from that whole deal, but yeah, craziest road story right there. That's a crazy one. Lynn. Lynn, what do you got? Yeah. Yes, sir. I got a couple of crazy ones. Um, you know, it is a it's a lot of stuff happens. You do you forget, man. Hey, thank you for having us, brother. Oh, for sure. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Hey, thank you for joining us. I mean, you know, one that stands out with me all the time was um we played a local show in Richmond, and this was before Terry was in the band, and our old drummer was in the band. And I have a four-foot bong that falls I am that I will light. I'll have the audience lighted on stage before we do Sweet Leaf usually. And they love it. You know, it's as tall as I am. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just packed with whatever. Like smoke out of my mouth. Everybody's like, yeah. but, um, someone packed it with really, really good weed. And, me. <laughs> and, uh, it was like the fourth song of the night. And I went up there and I nailed that thing and getting it to the smoke time. I got up there and I was like, when I blew out, my mouth instantly went dry. And I could see the scars for a minute. <laughs> and I come to find out the owner of the club did that on purpose because of COVID. But I was scared because there were cops outside. The cop walked in, they're not going to arrest the bass player for little Zazie's mom. Yeah? So the good thing is, I didn't get arrested. And when people were leaving, I got the credit because they were going, that crazy little bastard was really smoking weed on stage. You know, like, I got the credit. 
yeah, that was a cool story, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I had a guy at home. I kept watching. He was mess hanging around my water. You know, I had a cup of water there. and uh, I just didn't feel right. And I went over there and got ready to hit it. It was five blotters of acid floating out of my water. He was trying to destroy me. So uh, they called the police and had him arrested and everything. Got out of there. Holy crap, yeah. I've never done anything like that in my life. You know, I don't care. That's why I try to, like, Jim, this is an old thing. I've heard this from other people where they've been drugged and have gear stolen and stuff like that. So I, if I do have something at a, you know, in a venue, like I try to get water and I make sure it's. And I don't ever take a drink from somebody. I want you to drink. I'm like, I'm not thirsty. Yeah. Let me tell you something. So I was watching uh, when Lynn would take a drink of water. This guy, this guy is true rock and roll. Even when he's just drinking water. Oh, he's just like spilling all over himself. Well, no, yeah, he comes up and he's like, yeah, he's hitting it. And then he puts the cap on and he just throws it on the stage. Like, (laughs) (laughs) hey, that turned out good, didn't he, guys? (laughs) I got to tell you. What's that? I was actually, I'm glad you saw it that way. I'm glad you saw it that way because I actually made a boo-boo and got pissed off about something I shouldn't have. And I was wrong and I threw the bottle actually angry. And it it played off because it kind of looks like I was having fun with it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we've all had that moment. Like an asshole and throw your water across the stage. You're right, guys. But came out good. Yeah, dude. I I I laughed my ass off. My buddy was like, "That was cool." I said, "Yeah, that's probably part of the act." (laughs) (laughs) So it worked out pretty well. I gotta say that. (laughs) But um, yeah, you guys, I'll I'll say this to our audience: um, check out. Little Ozzy, we'll have the uh, information in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely uh, be watching these guys. I mean, I I can see some big things happening with you dudes. You you've got the right lineup right here. I'll say that. I mean, see, the potential is we're not trying to be the best tribute band in the world. You know, the, the little thing is cool because you know we had an opportunity to be the band in Mall Cop too. Many kiss guys, but. A lot of other things come from this, you know, and and, yep. and other things, parts and movies, whatever. Uh, you know, we're we're just excited because we've got a name and we're, and we're we're earning it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I want to say thanks to everybody for coming on the show, um, taking the time to answer our questions and uh, offering thank up you. your thank your you uh, tales of the road. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank Turi. Harry. Uh, all right, I get, guys. I get to go back to work. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, right. so I know we don't usually practice this. We're going to try it again, okay? So, uh, with that all being said, I've been David. I've been Jim. This is Max Fry. Terry Hudgens. Zach Ballard. Little <laughs> and tonight we have been practical guitarists thank you you know there's such a thing